Pro tip, underpasses in Bishkek have anything you need. <laughs> Whenever you go there and you need something, it's there. Podcast listeners, welcome back to the Kyrgyz Cast. This is me, Ryan, as always, and I'm here with what could be our best podcast, probably our best guest that we've ever had on. Uh, I'm here as always with my co-host Matt, and you know him as Producer Matt. Yeah, this is Producer Matt. Uh, yeah, and Makalom, the best guest possibly ever. Uh, we're going to be talking today about packing, uh, what some things that we found essential to our life here in Kyrgyzstan we brought, some things that we want to like burn in a garbage fire, uh, they've actively made our lives worse, uh, some things about how we packed, uh, and some other things that we think are just nice to know. Uh, so yeah, let's introduce our guests a bit. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, so I'm Kelly Maria, um, Kyrgyz Shaw, my Kyrgyz name, Kalima, or you can call me KM. I live in Osh City, uh, and I did way too much preparation on packing. So for you guys, some of you are probably going to wait till the night before. Some of you are going to pack. Probably some of you have already packed. I waited till the night before. Exactly. So I packed the morning I left. Wow, okay. It was frantic. I spent a lot of time packing, probably starting like two weeks before. I had a whole checklist. I wish I could show you like the highlighted. I've already packed this, and it's been useful while I'm here too. So yeah, I probably over-prepared, but I think I have some advice to give you guys, so... I heard you didn't have a like checklist. I heard you had a spreadsheet. No, it wasn't actually, I really, okay, Excel gets me going, but I, (laughs) (laughs) who doesn't get going, Excel, Excel gets everybody going, let's be honest, but I actually did use a Microsoft Word document, uh, just yellow highlighter, and then I made sure to bring a yellow highlighter with me, so for anything the morning of, because you can't get on the computer and, you know, manually highlight that, so you gotta do it by hand, so, you know, I, I probably overdid it, but I felt comfortable getting here, and I don't have too many regrets regarding packing, so. It sounds like your system is better than the Ryan and producer Matt system of simply no preparation That's whatsoever. That's pretty generous saying a system. <laughs> yeah. I literally couldn't fold my clothes because I didn't have time because I would have missed my flight. So your system sounds You didn't better. have your mom helping you, then. That's probably... <laughs> I Something. did have my Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for calling me out on that. Yeah. I uh, did have the dignity to tell my mom to not help me. Well. But yeah, we got another guest too. Uh, hey guys, my name is Meredith. I live in a small village in Talas. And I, like Kelly Maria, uh, was a little overzealous with the whole packing. I did test runs a few weeks in advance, actually. And I also had a spreadsheet. And it was spread up between my two cases I was bringing. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to have a lot of good advice here between the four of us, non-packers so. and very For the slackers, packers. for the overzealous. It wasn't the slack. It was like a sudden like <laughs> burst of activity, I'd say. I would say it was a challenge to precision and critical thinking skills, thinking on your feet, <laughs> all of the above. Resiliency. I think resiliency. Really uh, a lesson in the Peace Corps. Yeah, Peace Corps service I, in general. Exactly. I, uh, I knew the weight of every single piece of my 
articles of clothing and everything in my suitcase. Uh, so I could what, spread it out evenly. That was a good idea. That's a really good point, actually. Uh, I wanted to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember Turkish Airlines? If you guys are going to fly Turkish Airlines, do you remember how they meticulously weighed every piece of luggage? But the thing they got me... Uh, I've flown a lot, but your first carry-on bag could be eight kilos. Was right. that correct? But right. your second carry-on bag could only be five kilos. Your personal item. Your personal yeah, item. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of those people that I fly and my personal item is like 40 pounds because I feel like I feel like two full-size like backpacks. Right, yeah, and most cool. of them... Most- yeah. Just Most so American weird. airlines don't weigh those. Yeah, they don't Turkish, weigh them. because we are flying in a group, um, by chance they they weighed us all. I don't. If you guys are flying Turkish, I don't think you'll know what yeah. what if they'll weigh or not. It's up to them. Yeah. So the if if you don't fly Turkish Airlines, you can skip the next like two three minutes of our podcast because <laughs> this won't matter. If you are flying Turkish Airlines, keep it in mind because that threw me for a little bit of a loop. And my forty-pound yeah. carry-ons. <laughs> it was a yeah, it was a mad scramble. It was at the a airport. mad scramble at the airport to like hide stuff in your pockets, mm-hmm. in other repack other people's bags. We took up about half of the lobby check-in. Well, the cool thing is, is that Peace Corps makes you get there about five and a half hours too early, which is plenty of time to have a few last American drinks before you go. Also, plenty of time to like take other people's stuff. So we arrived, Duncan and I. Sorry. Um, I married, uh, my husband and I arrived in country with one volunteer's wool coat, another volunteer's book collection, because I, being the overzealous and overpacker I am, uh, had actually extra room, a few extra pounds. Um, But the cool thing about the group was that we were allowed to, like, throw things in other people's bags, uh, so you have that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and it's producer Matt. Uh, I was also overzealously underpacked. Uh, probably like each bag, not each bag, but like 10 to 15 pounds overall, I had extra space. So I took on a lot of other people's stuff. Uh, one other thing, too, going through Turkish Airlines is because I was taking other people's stuff in, I was near the end of the line, and they decided not to check any of my weights for carry-ons. So if that's like maybe a good strategy, that can work. Wait it out a little bit. Sometimes slacking works. If you're massively overweight, just like try to yeah. get with in your, at the end of the line. With your know. with your back. You got you with got your legs. Legs. Yes, let me. You got plenty of time. Phrasing. The phrasing was not perfect on that one. If your bags are massively overweight. We are still doing phrasing. Uh, we are still doing phrasing, yeah. Oh goodness. Uh but yeah, so uh, you know what? Else? Did anybody else bring those little locks for your suitcases? Yeah. I never fly with checked bags. Did they cut yours? No, they didn't check mine. They cut mine. Um, so both of mine got cut. I don't know why, but I bought like the $20 luggage locks like the whew. night before I left instead of the like $3 Walmart ones and they cut them off. Yeah, I, I didn't. Why. I didn't buy any. I did get the notice in my bag, so TSA went through them. Mm-hmm. And they didn't cut yours? I didn't buy any locks. Oh, you didn't buy any locks. Really? Uh, yeah. Did anybody, was anything taken out of your bag? No, no. I know they got the check, but, uh, but yeah. I wouldn't worry about that because Peace Corps is going to fly you on one reliable airline the whole way. Um, it's not like your stuff is insured, but it's probably going to get there. I wouldn't waste money on locks unless you have them. We have one and I forgot we had it until the other day. Yeah. If you buy locks, buy the cheap locks, not Mm -hmm. the like Swiss locks that Ryan bought. (laughs) That, uh, that was a waste of money. Now, Matt, even though we're both precision packers, <laughs> is what we're going to call our 
hacking strategy. <laughs> spontaneously spontaneous, engineered. Spontaneously engineered. Producer Matt, what? Uh, you had a really cool packing method that you were talking about. Give us a brief Yeah, uh, it's something I've used in backpacking and trekking mm-hmm. uh, for a long time. But you can buy, like, the fancy versions from, like, RAI and stuff of the bags where you can, like, squish out all the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're like me and you don't have a lot of money or don't like spending money, you can just use larger-sized Ziploc bags, like the gallon-sized, 10-gallon-sized. And what you do... Where you fill them up with all your stuff, and you seal them up about until there's maybe a half inch open at the end, and you can just kneel and carefully push all the air out. So I just had a flashback. I feel like when I was younger and would watch like cartoons, they would have like advertisements for them, and you'd like vacuum the air out, and then you could put like nine things in there, and then it would shrink it to like a like a six inch package. Yeah. Yours is like the It's like that like except the producer just Matt Ziploc bags. The producer Matt version of those, right? Yeah, it's it's oh. like all of my socks and gallon <laughs> Ziploc bags and teeny little airtight plastic sealed. Yeah. It actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Fantastic. Anyone else have uh Uh so KM here, I also use compression bags. I think I bought the cheapest version of the real ones on Amazon. Uh half of them are broken now. Still here in Kyrgyzstan. We'll see how it goes when I try to go home. But they were helpful uh, getting here. Like, uh, you can pack down sweaters and everything. And uh, you will probably be in winter clothes. I think we'll get more to later, like, not overpacking winter clothes. But I think Matt's advice there is pretty good. Yeah, Um, yeah. Are you broken, Matt? Did your Ziplocs break? No. Uh, So maybe. (laughs) I I think we all learned our lesson here. Don't, (laughs) Don't buy the knockoff. Ones that Ryan used to see advertised on TV <laughs> just use Ziplocs like yeah. Matt did. Precision also, packing. Also, the nice thing about Ziplocs is for me, I knew that I'd be a few days in D.C., a few days um, at a hotel in Bishkek, and then a few days after that, who knows where. So I packed Ziploc bags based on that. So when mm-hmm. I put my suitcase, I wouldn't just go crazy and start digging out socks and things. So this, the Ziploc bag is really nice as well. And you can write on it and use them later. Oh, yeah. Ooh. My... Okay, I'm here. My best advice, though, regarding Ziploc bags, and I read this on someone else's blog, so credit given to whoever that was. Girls and guys, bring a Ziploc bag full of underwear you won't wear for, like, a year. Haven't opened that yet, but I am so excited for when I do. Someone gave me that advice, and, like, Kyrgyzstan does kind of ruin clothes. Like, you learn to hand wash, things get ruined. So something like that that you can look forward to opening later, definitely recommend. Producer Matt had a precision packing pro tip that we talked about last night, actually. Uh, was it you? You're going to have to remind me. Okay, so <laughs> maybe it was someone else. No, whatever. It's a pro precision, no, precision packing pro tip. Uh, it was making sure you pack different important things in, like, your carry-ons. Oh, yeah. Because there is a chance, like, if the airline loses your bags, was this, yeah. am I going in the right direction? You yeah. should explain it. I'm not explaining yeah. it. Yeah, and definitely, too, put, try to spread things out of, across both your carry-ons, because I had one of mine checked on the flight from Istanbul to Bishkek. I didn't lose anything, but you still, it's like, if it happens, you don't want to be stuck for a week in Bishkek and just, like... I have shorts and this sweater. Yeah, so, like, do the obvious stuff. Pack your really important things. Like, pack a couple pairs of socks in your carry-on, even though not a typical carry-on. Your really important stuff, like prescriptions and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I don't think we need to... Yeah. 
Boy, <coughs> sorry. <laughs> that chacho went down a little rough. We uh, are we're eating chacho, which yeah. is better than the snack I brought last night. I brought cracks. They're like knockoff Pringles. But they're also called here. cracks. But they're also called cracks. So, so I brought the noisiest chip, offered them to everybody while we were we were recording our last podcast. Yeah. Uh, learned my lesson. Yeah. So podcast oh. pro tip. Don't, don't eat, eat cracks, cracks during the podcast. Yeah, no cracks in this podcast. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So last tip on packing too. So as far as the air thing goes, uh, it's when you're packing bags too, a lot of weight in space will end up just being air. So if you have any way to like push air out of your bags, like from Ziplocs, from using any of the other stuff, uh, it's a solid. That's like really important to do. Yeah, excellent. I would eat all the American food I could rolling around on my floor or rolling the air out of the bags is what I would do if I could go back in time uh, to like my last day or the morning before I left packing. Uh, Kelly Maria brought up, brought up a really good point about like winter clothes. Uh, like what? So let's like dive into what actually to pack items. Someone had a really good post we saw uh, on Facebook about should we bring a gift for our host families, let's oh, yeah. let's hit that one first. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you guys think? What is the best gift you could bring for your host family? Well, first, is it culturally culturally appropriate? The answer is a firm yes. Yeah, gifts are I, like the most Kyrgyz thing. They are the most Kyrgyz thing in the world, I think. Uh, yeah, like, you must bring a gift. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's yeah. yeah. So what did we all bring? Bring a gift. All right, so uh, we brought, for our uh, first host family during training, we brought jam. So I'm from Georgia, so Georgia jam and some candy. That was a huge hit. For our second host family, I asked some people on Facebook, got bad advice. We brought knives. <laughs> We brought knives and jam. <laughs> Get wild in city. Yeah. Knives and candles. So um, the knives actually worked out okay because our, our family is pretty, like, um, they watch Western TV, that kind of thing. It wasn't offensive. Turns out knives could have been offensive. I don't recommend knives because you don't know if you'll be in a village or whatever. And the candle, they didn't have a problem with, but candles here are pretty much like, oh, shit, the power's out. Should probably light a candle. You don't. We brought a scented candle like from our hometown, and it wasn't quite right. So I recommend um, consumables, perishables. So like, yeah, jam's a great one. Candy's a great one because like you always bring candy for kids at events when you guest. It's like things like that. Um, so that would be my biggest advice. Like, bring food, and then you can't you can't go wrong. Yeah, I brought uh, Airheads, like the big like 70 pack of airheads those go over really really well uh i think the second most popular thing i brought were uh starburst jelly beans oh yeah which now i am craving them badly since i said it <laughs> uh but those were a huge hit how about you guys you're not the only one craving starburst jelly <laughs> beans uh yeah so i'm from minnesota as you may know or may not know uh but I brought uh, Minnesota wild rice, which is something I want to do because it's not a thing you can get in other places. Uh, don't worry. Uh, this is a podcast where we consume uh, cola beverages. Very popular in Kyrgyzstan. Sometimes even with extra sugar. Uh, and on the top of extra sugar, too. If you bring candy, focus on bringing sweet candy. Like The big thing here is things that are sweet. 
Yeah, I brought licorice, like Twizzlers, and I thought, I was like, oh, so delicious, and the feedback was that they tasted like plastic, and no one would eat them. (laughs) So I got to eat them. So if you love Twizzlers, bring Twizzlers, and your host family will not eat them, Uh, but not the best gift. That's a Kyrgyz gas guarantee. Yeah, Kyrgyz gas guarantee on the Twizzlers. I definitely would agree with the whole food thing. My first gift I brought was games for the kids. Uh, neither of my host families have actually had little kids, so I still have those. Um, but food is definitely a good one. Candy is absolutely amazing. I love chocolate, and so I just brought a few different types of chocolates from around the United States, and sometimes even trips I've gone on. And that goes over really well, even if they don't like the candy or don't like the chocolates. It's a good experience for them to try it and see what Americans like versus what Kyrgyz people like. And it's a really good conversation piece as well. Absolutely. And like Meredith just said, games are a great one. So Uno, many volunteers brought that. Do know that your Uno game probably won't make it to permanent sites. So if you have kids at your training family, they'll play Uno with you. You'll have such a great time and you'll give it to them. And uh, family still looking for Uno cards. Right. Uno, Uno's the like the biggest hit game you can possibly bring. If yeah. you're going to bring an easy to pack game, Uno. Does everybody agree? Yeah, I exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, 52 deck cards as well. Uh, those are really hard to find here uh, and really useful for hanging out with volunteers. Uh, obviously, not playing drinking games, but you know, just for having fun and also like playing with your host family. Um, yeah, 52 deck cards are really good and you can't get them here, so. You also won't know, so theoretically if you want to bring an American gift, you won't know the size of your training host family or your permanent host family. Uh, so you could get a ginormous host family at both sites, you could get tiny host families, kids, no kids, uh, so you don't really know. Uh, so that's why things like candy consumables are... I think the Curry's cast top choice. Oh yeah, uh, and I was gonna say too, uh, candy is like popular among people of all ages in Kyrgyzstan. Like my sixty-seven-year-old host moms have all liked candy. Anyone will eat it. It's also really common to bring your favorite podcast hosts candy when you arrive <laughs> in country. So what's your favorite candy again? Uh, Starburst jelly beans are big. Oh, uh, yeah. Airheads are good. Oh man, what would you bring your podcast? I, I'm a question. big fan of the, you know, out of those, the tropical Starburst. Like I handed no. up too many of those out. No. Oh. You know what they came out with just before I left? All pink Starbursts. No! That's what I want in my life right now. Now, Cheez-Its. I would bring anyone, anyone you want to bring anything to, I would just bring Cheez-Its. Yeah. Ryan's right. Yeah, that's that's Cheez-Its. good advice. Cheez-Its. Just bring mm-hmm. all the Cheez-Its. Yeah. yeah don't even pack. Really don't even pack your clothes. <laughs> just bring Ryan and producer Matt Cheez-Its. Also, yeah, story. guests of podcasts, anyone. <laughs> Cheez-Its. Uh, moving on. Uh, you... So, maybe on the topic of not packing clothes, mm-hmm. we can talk about maybe what kind of clothes you can buy here. Mm-hmm. Uh... And how that's gone for us. Yeah, I can, I can start, uh, depending on how much you listen to Kyrgyz Cast, which I'm assuming you've listened to all the, the Kyrgyz time. Cast. Just 24 uh, Moving here from Hawaii, you should bring, or we, we were recommended to bring winter clothes. I brought what I thought could survive in Antarctica for like six years. Uh, and when I got to site, I 
just about froze to death and had to buy all new winter gear. Uh, someone like Kelly Maria lives in a permanent site that is incredibly warm. Uh, what is your, well, war, warm, warm, warmer than Narin. So what is your experience with the clothes you brought? Yeah, so Kyrgyzstan has seasons. They're extreme seasons. Um, but Amer depending on where you are from America, you've also had seasons. So clothes are very, very, very dependent on your site. Um, Kyrgyzstan isn't necessarily an extremely cold country. So yes, uh, I lived in I live in Osh City, and we had a cold winter. But I'm from Georgia, and our winters are sometimes colder than the winter I had in Osh. So my biggest advice is that as much of a pain as it's going to be, plan on purchasing some of your clothes in country. That'll save you a lot of packing space and it'll also just save you a lot of stress because you can figure those things out after you figure out where you're going for two years. Yeah, and uh, in Bishkek, you can buy winter clothing. Mm -hmm. uh, disclaimer, I think I was wearing my winter gloves, winter hat, winter jacket when it hit about 55 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> so I might not be the best of advice how cold it is. Uh, but you can definitely buy those things. I bought a new winter jacket, like a real hardcore winter jacket, uh, when I was here. I think I dropped about 70 US dollars on it, uh, which is a lot, but it's a, a fantastic winter jacket. So if, if you're not sure, uh, not the end of the world, you can buy that stuff here, right? Yeah. So. Uh, I was going to say too, philosophy time for a Kyrgyz cast, winter is subjective. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for me, I definitely, I was like, Kyrgyzstan, it's supposed to be minus 40 degrees in the wintertime. Uh, it, I've never experienced that here. For me, like, minus 30s, for me, minus 30s what we hit. Uh, and my summers, I live in Talas, my summers can get 30, 40 degrees. But I pack mostly stuff that would be good for the minus 30, minus 40 stuff. So I would definitely think about packing things that are layerable. That way you can slowly take them off or put them on, depending on the weather here. I also, in Osh, uh, built my wardrobe from... There are two thrift stores in Osh, uh, but I'm lucky enough to live close to both of them. And I got... So, in Kyrgyzstan, for women, fashion is a really big deal. So, the people we work with care a lot about how we look. So, I would get passive-aggressive comments when I first went in with my snow jacket when it was cold out. Like, wow, that's an interesting jacket you've got. And I'm like, okay, I get it. You think I look stupid. So I went to the thrift store and I spent like less than less than six US dollars on a jacket that was appropriate for the people around me. Oh yeah. I don't want you to assume that you would spend that little, but um, do you know that you will have the opportunity to buy those things and even if you're in a village, like you have access to a place where if you're willing to spend a little bit of money you can buy the stuff so that you can look like the people around you. Um, I felt like that was the case. Not all women do, and like sizes are sometimes an issue. But for the most part, just don't overthink winter clothes. Be comfortable, be warm, but you're not necessarily going to be in Antarctica. Yeah, yeah. going off of that, uh, I was trying to read a lot of stuff beforehand because I wanted to blend in with my culture and my community. Uh, so I brought shoes that were like nice black boots that I thought would look nice here in the wintertime, like all the women here wear. 
I honestly wore them a couple months here. I hated it. My feet were freezing. Uh, they got wet very easily because I bought them in country. And for me, my shoe experience here hasn't been the best. I have huge feet. I wear a size 9 or a 10. And so for me, bringing shoes from America is definitely something I need to do. And when I went back to America um, over break, I brought back a nice big pair of winter boots that I absolutely love here. They look stupid. I'm fully aware of that. And for me, I... I don't care. I get laughed at whenever I wear these, but they're amazing because in the wintertime, the snow keeps them out, keeps the rain out, and it keeps the mud out, which mud and dust are a big thing here. I was going to say one last thing about the winter stuff for packing. Uh, I live in Chewy, which is like the averagey place. So in winter, it's not the coldest, but it's not hot. And in summer, it's not the hottest, but it is hot. Uh, for me, I'm also from Minnesota, so one of the things that I focused on is I just brought normal pants, uh, and then I'm a big fan of what I call the pants under my pants theory of winter survival. So I'll wear often just pajamas and then put pants over them and just roll with that. Uh, long underwear is just fine for that too. Yeah, yeah and for girls specifically, uh, I've never actually worn pants to school school I'm not I want to blend with my community and women don't do that where I live yeah uh, so for me it's all about the tights and finding the thickest pair of tights you can to wear in the minus 30 degree weather so that's also something to think about mm -hmm. on that yeah uh, so I actually regret bringing my dress pants I got them in Goodwill because they were a good price but I feel stupid wearing them because yes dresses and skirts look better um, with like hosiery and tights and everything though um, that kind of ties into summer clothing, so I don't want to go too far ahead. No, let's, uh, let's keep the ball rolling on the, like, what women should pack. Uh, producer mm -hmm. Matt and I can give our opinions on what men can pack. Mm -hmm. Like, how much did you pack? Did you pack too much? What's work appropriate? Uh, how much of your suitcase should you commit? Sizes? All that kind of fun mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, Kelly Maria, you can keep on going, or the ladies can go, and then producer Matt and I will go next. Sure. So that brings us into like uh, hosiery and everything. So uh, I was I was under the impression that having your legs covered, so like summer hose, were important. Where I am, so I'm in the second biggest city in the country, which generally consider the more conservative part of the country. Um, if it dresses to like my knee. I definitely don't wear tight. Don't wear anything like tights or hose or anything. Um, I tried to bring like sheer hose from America, and they did not make it to my springtime in school. So keep that in mind, regardless of if you pay ten dollars for really nice Target hose, they're not gonna make it because they have tears in them. And the ones here kind of suck. So I did try to buy them. I got a really bad experience at the bazaar of like women being like, huh, those aren't going to fit you, they're way too big, or huh, those aren't going to fit you, they're for my little sister, I don't know, like, it, it's like, and I tried to talk to local people, like, okay, which one should I buy, and it's like, you have to spend 150 SOM every week, so I gave up on it, I go bare leg, and I just try to like, be conservative about the length of my skirts and dresses, um, but that definitely depends on your site, so I'm going to pass it on to Meredith about like how to deal with summer and being conservative and being respectful and degraded. Yeah, in my community, uh, bare leg is not a thing. It does not matter the length of your skirt. You're, you, you, you need tights. 
Uh, and it was really interesting because for me, I haven't worn new new tights since I was probably like five. Um, that's a thing here. My host mom made me go buy some here, and Kelly Maria is completely correct. They're not not good quality. So for me, if I would go back, I definitely would pack black tights and new tights because they're both both very useful in my sight. Uh, the wintertime you wear black, and the summertime you wear nude. Um, yeah. For the, for the men, um, huge mistake I made. I think I brought about eight dress shirts. <laughs> and, and I think like four or five dress pants. Way too many dress yes. clothing. That's like more articles of clothing than I have. Yeah, no, it was so ridiculous because I'm thinking like, okay, you know, uh, I'm like, I got this new job. I need to look all snazzy. And I haven't even worn half of it. Way too many. One, you can buy that stuff here. You can mm -hmm. buy men's dress shirts. Talking about like ties, I've gotten, I think, three ties as gifts since I've gotten here. I wish I would have brought no ties. I ended up buying like Kyrgyz sweaters, like local Kyrgyz sweaters. So it doesn't matter if I have dress shirts anyways. And in the winter time, you can't just walk around in a dress shirt. I way overpacked dress clothes. Uh, how about you, producer Matt? Yeah, uh, I'm the opposite. Like I remember in our first week in Bishkek, we're at the like hotel for orientation and all. Uh, and I was got to the third day and I was like, I'm gonna rewear my like dress pants and my dress shirt today. And then I was like, Oh well, that's what it is. Uh, and so for me, that's basically been when I've got to my permanent site, I'll wear the same set of clothes all week, or maybe do like one change. And that's what like all of the staff I work with do. That's a very good point, actually, producer Matt. Uh, for us, I would say most of us at our sites, we wearing clothes is a very big thing here in Kyrgyzstan. You could see teachers wearing the same thing for the entire week. So you bringing like me. three, yeah. yeah, you bringing three professional outfits is good. If you are a person that you need a different outfit a day for the whole week, that's also perfectly fine. But rewearing clothes is definitely a thing. Yeah, like as an American, we think like, yeah, new outfit every day. Try to change it up. Um, completely wipe that out of your brain because here that is not a value people hold. That is not important. Um, look, you look nice every day, and if that means wearing the same shirt, pants, head hair accessory shoes four times in a week that is completely fine so if there's any way you can try to like convince yourself of that that will be very helpful because we wear we, we wear outfits all the time yeah if i could go back i think instead of bringing the eight dress shirts i would bring three mm -hmm. i think when you said bringing three is a perfect number another big thing is washing your clothes here is a lot more work, you just don't want to wash. I mean, I wear dress shirts three, four, five days, let's be honest, probably more. <laughs> I'm probably sugarcoating this, like it's probably way worse. Uh, because just washing clothes can take a week when you're talking about air drying your clothes during the winter time. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to wear a pair of clothes over and over and over, or not wear a pair of clothing over and over and over again. Something that Kelly and Maria brought up earlier as well, uh, all my clothes, I've lost weight while I've been here. Uh, when we were coming to country, we had heard this thing like, men will probably lose weight, women may gain weight. Am I mm -hmm. saying that correctly? Okay. My experience, I lost quite a bit of weight and all my clothes are clown clothes now. Like nothing fits me anymore. They're way too big. 
Uh, I realistically should just not wear anything I wear. Uh, <laughs> way, like, I look goofy in almost everything that I own. Uh, like, at training, I'm wearing the tightest clothing I have, and it's still too big for me. Yeah. Yeah. I have had a different experience. Uh, I've While I've lost weight, I've gained in volume. And so, because I'm like a chewy punk kid, I show up to trainings with my untucked button-up shirt. And now it'll, like, scoot up, and you can see some of my belly underneath occasionally. Uh, but, yeah, uh, when you're packing clothes and figuring that out, uh, it's one thing to keep in mind, but that also just might mean you might need to buy, like, one different shirt here. Or, like, one different outfit or something. Yeah, I think it's a huge argument in favor of not overpacking clothes, especially, like, work clothes, because the probability is you might have to buy more clothes anyways, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Uh, let's jump into... Let's just go through some items. Mm -hmm. Because before we came, we all got, like, advice... Uh, on like what you have to bring, what you shouldn't bring, all that wipes. kind of stuff. Baby wipes. Okay, so <laughs> somebody like one of the like maybe they're a K one. Yeah, like a K one. Let's not throw cohorts under the bus here. But one, someone no was getting us ready yeah. and like posted about the importance of bringing baby wipes with. So I brought so many baby. It was like yeah. one thing that I packed. Like, like I didn't prepare my clothing, anything, but I had half a suitcase full of baby wipes, uh, and you can buy baby wipes everywhere in this country. I also just I mean, wanna... do not, like, if you need to bring baby wipes, bring, like, the travel packet. You don't need, to, and the variety of baby wipes here is fantastic. You get, like, the la lavender and scents. And you can get after-sex like, wipes. You can get after Yeah, no, like, the it, you, you are coming to a place as a K26 <laughs> invitee that if you're into baby wipes, you are going to be in heaven. Yeah. Just I wanna... mean, this place is baby wipe, like, central I just want to just want to point out this little story bit, too. Kyrgyz cast narrative time. But imagine host Ryan, morning he's leaving, bricks of baby wipes in the bag, pallets, then clothes, pallets. spontaneous, I could engineering. Used, I could have used a forklift for these baby wipes I brought because someone swore on like a conference call or something that you needed to bring baby wipes and it was just a big sick joke. <laughs> yeah. If you like bring absolutely any, bring like enough you could stuff into a pocket, like one of those little soft things if you really want them. And they're heavy. Now, I do love the American style like on the go hand sanitizer wipes. Uh, but yeah, this baby wipe thing is a conspiracy. Uh, but you guys, what about so Let's, uh, I'm just going to throw out some items. Mm -hmm. Let's discuss headlamp. Headlamp. Don't do it. Oh, I, I really? have one. I have one. Really? I've never used it, and my family laughs, laughs at me whenever I bring it out. Okay, so. so my family laughs at me, but I love using it. Like, Where do you go with it? I, so at my house, I have a ridiculous amount of concrete steps to get to the outhouse. Mm -hmm. And so like, there's at least four different places. If I don't see where I'm going, I'll like fall and break my leg and go to Thailand. Uh, <laughs> so, and, and this can be avoided by it. So I am very pro-headlamp. Yeah, uh, I, I brought a headlamp. headlamp. It's one of the best things I brought, I think. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, just like getting around outside, uh, going to the outhouse. I use my headlamp all the time. My host family loves to borrow my headlamp. When they saw my headlamp, I think they thought it was the goofiest thing they'd ever see and had seen. And then they saw me use the headlamp, and now they want to lend my headlamp. Can you get a headla- headlamp in country? Uh, I've heard yeses. I've never seen them, but theoretically you can. We have a special guest who wandered into the podcast. Uh, not producer Matt. Uh, Matt, what's your nickname, Matt? Uh, Orange Matt. Hey, what's up? Or- my name. Or- Orange Matt. My name is Matt Blumenthal. I'm also a PCV here. Uh, the other Chewy Matt. Yeah. Yeah. So you can. They refer to me as Orange Matt, and when you get here, you'll probably see why. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, you can you can definitely buy a headlamp here. They have a lot of outdoor shops. You're gonna have to pay Western prices for it. Um, so I would suggest just bringing it. I have one. Uh, a lot of houses out here have their uh, the bathrooms are outhouses, and if you want to go at night. And, and you, you will don't go want at night. You don't want to hold you, a you, you will go at night, and that's not a place where you, you don't want to hold a flashlight while see. you're. Yeah, yeah. The, the, one of the scariest things in life is holding your cell phone, and trying to navigate a an outhouse. The hole. The, yeah, trying to not fall in the hole is hard enough, but also trying to not drop your cell phone in the hole. I am a city volunteer. Uh, it would be laughable if I had had a. A headlamp. Uh, so I think guest Matt has really good advice. Um, if you want to bring it or you have it or it's cheap, get it. If you don't have it, it sounds like you can figure it out. Uh, I definitely have no need. And volunteers around cities, also like in villages, but around cities also have electricity to their outhouses where they have a light. So gasp. Yeah. I don't. Oh, no. It wow. depends on okay. the volunteer. It does. It depends no, on the she situation. brings up a great point. Uh, like, for me, I specifically had this on my little notepad because I thought it was the, one of the better things I brought. And it was the first thing we wrote on that yeah. notepad. But I think it goes to show that it does uh, depend on the situation. And special guest Orange Matt made a good point that you can find a lot of stuff here, even though I've never seen them. Uh, the K25s will always help you with things like this, too. If you get here, you forget something. Uh, good chances are that you can buy it. Uh, let me move to the second uh, item after the controversial headlamp: uh, hand sanitizer. Now let me let me talk about this because I've bought been buying my hand sanitizer in country. I went on annual leave, and I brought back so much hand sanitizer because it's expensive here. You can get hand sanitizer here. You can get yeah, hand sanitizer, but the, 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 the tiny bottle. So I think I got like an eight ounce bottle at Walmart for 88 cents in America and just brought it with. Here you pay about 100 some, 120 some for a teeny tiny, like a tenth of that. It's like, you know, like, it's like dollar $1.50. Yeah. Uh, again, one of those things that I just like would definitely recommend everybody bringing if you're into hand sanitizer. My training host family didn't wash their hands, uh, didn't have soap. Uh, that's why I say it. What do you guys think? I brought my own hand sanitizer, and I'm really glad I did. I'm a huge Bath and Body Works girl, uh, oh. and for me, it's just it a used nice. To be a Tresemme man. <laughs> yeah, I'm more of the I'm more of the Walmart brand, <laughs> 88 cents hand sanitizer uh, myself. But, but yeah, Bath and but, Body Works also. So yeah, but your hands me, smell amazing. But thank you. you for me, it's definitely a big thing from home. Like that. I have my favorite smells. And every time I use it, it's just a nice little reminder of home. So it might be something that's like 
you guys, you guys are like my Walmart brand, you know, smell of hands being clean, but for me, it's also just a nice reminder of home. We also all just smelled our hands. <laughs> yeah, no, it was not a good experience. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, so... It, it, uh, what do you think, Kelly Marie? Uh, I definitely recommend it. I loved having hand sanitizer. I left it at the first hotel I stayed in in this country. Big mistake. I don't know. I, I miss it, and I'm jealous of all the people who are like, oh, I have hand sanitizer. Do you want some? But I don't think it's a you know a big factor in service or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much, much less controversial than the headlamp, but it's yes. mostly a yes, bring it. Yeah. Uh, hi, this is producer Matt here. Uh, just saying that due to upload limits, the packing episode will be in two parts. So this is the end of part one. See ya. Kyrgyzcast! The content expressed here does not represent the views of the U.S. government nor the Peace Corps.